This is Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24 7. Only sports talk show in Washington dedicated to talking Washington Capitals hockey. Hear from the players, the coaches, local and national media personalities. And call us with your questions and comments toll free at 1-855-GO-CAPS-5. Caps Radio 24-7. Here's your host of Caps Talk, Ben Raby. All right, here we go. Welcome into another edition of Caps Talk, a Thursday afternoon edition of the show and a game day edition of the show as we get you set for the Capitals and the Florida Panthers, the Capitals final game before this weekend's all-star break as the Capitals look to snap a three-game winless skid, Capitals 0-1-2. Over their last three games, they've also dropped four of five overall. So looking to get back on track tonight at the BB&T Center against the Florida Panthers. As we welcome you back inside the D.C. studios, it is Ben Raby back with you for this game day edition of the show. John Walton, Ken Sabrin down in Florida. I'll have the call of tonight's game just past 730. And I'll be joining them for the official start of Camp's pregame at 7.15 on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. And until then, you know the drill. This is Caps Talk. We've extended pregame coverage coming up right here on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. We'll hear from head coach Barry Trotz, his pregame meeting with the media coming up in about 20 minutes. We are also going to hear from Andre Burakovsky and Tom Wilson, among others, inside the Capitals dressing room. Also looking forward a little bit later on in hour number one to chatting with Chris Bork of the Hershey Bears. Chris Bork has spent most of his professional career with the AHL's Hershey Bears Capitals second round pick back in 2004. A three-time Calder Cup champion with the Bears approaching 700 career games in the AHL. And yeah, there is this other thing coming up. He's going to suit up for the U.S. at the Olympics next month in South Korea. Got the call last month from officials with USA Hockey. And a very nice accomplishment, nice feather in the cap for Chris Bork as he will suit up at the Winter Games next month in South Korea. Following in the footsteps of his father, Ray Bork, who once upon a time was an Olympian with Team Canada back in the late 90s, 1998, at the Nagano Games uh, in Japan. So... Chris Bork, he is an American, born and raised in the Boston area while his father Ray was playing with the Bruins. So look forward to chatting with Chris Bork and getting the backstory on how he found out that he was going to be playing for the U.S. in the Olympics. And we'll get the 411 on how things are going this year with the Hershey Bears. Worth mentioning, Chris Bork having himself a terrific campaign in the AHL. The AHL's leading scorer entering play tonight. He will also be representing the Bears at the AHL All-Star Game coming up next Monday night. So look forward to that in about 30 minutes from now. Also coming up on the show, going to go around the NHL a little bit. Full itinerary in the league this evening. 15 games on the schedule tonight involving 30 teams in a busy schedule for good reason. This is the final night of action across the league before the upcoming All-Star break. The only team not in action tonight, the LA Kings. They get a little bit of a head start on their all-star break but 15 games tonight we have all eight teams in the metropolitan division in action 
Capitals, of course, taking on the Florida Panthers. Capitals beginning the night, five points clear of the Philadelphia Flyers and New Jersey Devils for top spot in the division. Flyers playing very well of late. They've won 8 of 9, 16 of 22. They're home tonight against the NHL-leading Tampa Bay Lightning. So a good one tonight at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. The New Jersey Devils, meanwhile, they are looking to snap a three-game losing streak as they take on the Nashville Predators. Devils have also lost eight of their last ten games overall. They'll look to get back on track tonight at home against Nashville. Elsewhere in the Metropolitan Division tonight, Columbus Blue Jackets continue their Western Roadie as they visit the Arizona Coyotes. Both the Rangers and Islanders also out West wrapping up Western road trips. Islanders in Vegas, and worth noting, the Islanders are in Vegas having had the previous two nights off in Las Vegas. So we'll see how the Islanders do tonight against the best home team in the league this season in the Golden Knights. The New York Rangers, they are visiting the San Jose Sharks. Rangers, been a rough stretch. They have lost six of their last nine. Pittsburgh Penguins are home tonight against the Minnesota Wild. And the Carolina Hurricanes, as far as Metropolitan Division teams are concerned, they are also in action tonight. The Hurricanes on the road visiting the Montreal Canadiens. Now, last night in the NHL, only two games on the schedule. They were both pretty good. And the Toronto Maple Leafs visiting the Chicago Blackhawks. That was nationally televised on the NBC Sports Network. A pair of original six teams hooking up at the United Center. So you had the Maple Leafs visiting the Blackhawks. You also had the LA Kings visiting the Calgary Flames. And both those games last night, both the Maple Leafs and Blackhawks, as well as the Kings and the Flames, decided beyond regulation, both games decided in three-on-three overtime. Well, in the shootout this year, Willie Nylander's one of six. Here he goes. Willie Nylander to the blue line, top of the circles, deep scores! Holy mackerel! The Leafs up high to Doughty, moves down low on the right side at the goal line. Doughty behind the net, plays it out to the blue line to Pearson, gets it back. Doughty in the slot, holding on to Pearson, who shoots and scores! Tanner Pearson wins the game in overtime. Set up by Drew Doughty inside the right circle. A quick release for Tanner Pearson. And with 26.1 seconds left in overtime, the Kings get the win here tonight. By a score of 2-1. to one. Joe Bowen and Nick Nixon had the overtime game-winning goal calls last night. William Nylander for the Maple Leafs. Tanner Pearson for the L.A. Kings. The game-winning goal scores in OT. Maple Leafs beat the Blackhawks 3-2. to two. And William Nylander with that overtime game-winning goal tied an NHL record. The fastest goal to start overtime just six seconds into OT, and as you may have picked up in the Joe Bowen highlight call right there, it was actually a penalty shot that William Nylander was awarded six seconds into OT, but he was able to net the game winner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They beat the Hawks 3-2. The LA Kings, meanwhile, they get past the Flames in overtime to won the final at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome last night in Calgary. LA and Calgary now tied for third place in the Pacific Division. Both teams 11 points behind the first place Vegas Golden Knights. A few other bullet points, news and notes from around the NHL. Kings goaltender Jonathan Quick will miss this weekend's All-Star game in Tampa Bay due to injury. Calgary's Mike Smith gets the call as the last-minute replacement. Tampa Bay's Braden Point, meanwhile, he is named an injury replacement for teammate Victor Hedman for the Atlantic Division All-Star team. 
Boston's Brad Marchand, meanwhile, he will go to the All-Star game, but Marchand will miss the Bruins' next five regular season games. That's because Marchand getting a five-game suspension for an elbow to the head of New Jersey's Marcus Johansson. Former cap Marcus Johansson suffering a concussion on the play. So it's been a rough first season for Marcus Johansson in New Jersey. He's dealt with the injury bug, now suffering from another concussion. And Brad Marchand going to pay for that as he has dealt a five-game suspension from the NHL's play, uh, Department of Player Safety. So Brad Marchand out five games and spoke about getting the suspension earlier today inside the Boston Bruins dressing room. I mean, I've, I've been... Uh trying to play a certain way for a while now and and uh um you know it was never my intent to uh to get into a situation like this and uh to injure uh marcus so uh hopefully he has a full uh healthy recovery very quickly um you know i'm just uh uh sorry that i was i hurt let my you know i let my teammates down i know that and i let my organization down so um you know i i have to be better there's no question all right, so Brad Marchand out the next five games with suspension. So the Bruins will be without a couple of key cogs over their next little bit. Keep in mind, defenseman, rookie defenseman Charlie McAvoy, uh, arguably one of the best players on the Bruins already as a rookie, but he is out as well. Dealing with a heart condition right now is Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand out five games with a suspension. Bruins, though, playing very well of late. One of the hottest teams in the NHL, 13-0-4. In their last 17 games, they've moved into second place in the Atlantic Division, just five points behind the first place Tampa Bay Lightning and the Bruins on the road tonight as they visit the Ottawa Senators. Elsewhere, we have injury news out west, significant injury in San Jose as Joe Thornton to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury he suffered on Tuesday night. So that is a significant blow to general manager Doug Wilson and the San Jose Sharks. We're going to get an MRI today on his knee. It was uh, not the knee that he injured last year. Um, it looks like it's MCL related. Uh, we'll wait till some of the swelling goes down. Um, but it looks like he's going to be out for, for several weeks anyhow. Our policy is if it's more than two weeks, we let you know. And then as we get more information going forward, we will we'll update you. But as of right now, that's, uh, that's the status. Okay. How do you think this team's set up to handle a loss? for Joe for several weeks? Well, I mean, he's such an inspirational guy. I think he's, uh, what he's done is he's kind of inspired a lot of those other guys to step up, and now they need to step up even more. Um, you know, you take a look at how Tomash and Timo Meyer and Jonas and Tierns, for example, have stepped up and, and really played well and put up some big numbers. Um, but you also always look to your leaders, you know, the, you know, the Pavelskis and Kachurs and Burns and Vlasics and Jones and all those people. So I think we're set up. Uh, no team likes to lose a player like this for any period of time and and as I say Joe is so inspirational to all of us that um, I think it's an opportunity for some people to to follow his lead and those are the thoughts from San Jose general manager Doug Wilson as the San Jose Sharks will be without Joe Thornton for at least a couple of weeks sounds like it could be a, a lengthy absence for Joe Thornton as he is dealing with a knee injury. Key cog on the Sharks, of course, Joe Thornton. 13 goals, 36 points in 47 games this season. Second on the Sharks in overall scoring. San Jose entering play tonight against the New York Rangers. Second place in the Pacific Division. Nine points behind Vegas, but just two clear of both Calgary and Los Angeles. All right, bringing it back to the Capitals and Florida Panthers. Tonight's matchup from the BB&T Center in South Florida. Braden Holpe 
in goal for the Capitals. Hope be entering play tonight. 24-9-2 on the year. He is looking to snap a personal three-game winless skid, his longest winless skid of the season. And keep in mind, after tonight's game, uh, Braden Holpe will stay in the state of Florida. He will head up the state a little bit, drive north for a few hours. He'll be participating in this weekend's All-Star Game festivities in Tampa Bay as Braden Holpe is the first Capitals goalie selected to the All-Star Game in three consecutive years. He'll be joined, of course, by Alex Ovechkin and head coach Barry Trotz at the All-Star Game. But first things first, Holpe and the Capitals looking for two points tonight in South Florida against the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, it's as important as any other game during the year. I think it's uh, um, going into the break. I think um, it's, uh, it's an opportunity to, to go into the positive mindset. And, um, you know, it's uh, we prepare for the, the Panthers um, as best we can uh, pre-scout-wise, and, and then we prepare to, to, to win and, and play our best game. So it's uh, circumstances aside, it's just another game that we, uh, we want to put our best effort out there. And Braden Holpe referencing the odd scheduling the Capitals have been dealing with of late. A whole lot of downtime in the month of January for the Capitals. Keep in mind, they had the bye week just a week ago. Then you have the all-star break upcoming. You add it up in the Capitals right now. They're in the middle of a stretch here. Four games in 18 days. And granted, that will change next week when they come back from the all-star break. They want games, they're going to get games. How about 15 in 28 days following the All-Star break? So we really have two extremes right now as far as the scheduling is concerned for the Capitals. A whole lot of downtime now, but again, after the All-Star break and into the month of February, it's going to be practically a game every other day. And Tom Wilson also looking forward to heading into this weekend's All-Star break on a witty note tonight in Florida. Yeah, um, you know, we kind of looked at this four-game um week here um, with a lot of importance and we don't we didn't have the success that, that we wanted so um, schedule's been tough but no excuses we got to make sure that we're, we're taking games and we're taking points and um, I think we got to be pretty desperate for the game tomorrow it's got to have a, kind of a playoff mentality we need to collect the points when we can and going into another break it's you definitely want to start to start building a game get on the right foot before the the, the time off and then kind of recover and, and get back into the crunch time all right, some of the pregame thoughts right there from Tom Wilson. And Wilson again on the Capitals' number one line tonight. He'll skate alongside Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov. As we remind you that Ovechkin enters play tonight against the Panthers. A league-high 29 goals on the year. Two clear of Nikita Kucherov and Anders Lee of the New York Islanders for the overall NHL goal-scoring lead. Ovechkin also entering play tonight. 499 career assists, one shy of joining Nicholas Backstrom as the only players in franchise history with at least 500 career helpers. As for Evgeny Kuznetsov, the struggle is real. Just one goal in his last 12 games. Now, worth noting, that trio of Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson skated together on Sunday in the 2-1 overtime loss to Philadelphia. And based on that game, Tom Wilson confident that Evgeny Kuznetsov will start to turn things around, perhaps as early as tonight in Florida. For sure. I mean, you see in Philly, he's, he really started. He really started to kind of look like like himself. Um, yeah, we. I mean, our line could have scored five goals in Philly. There was a couple empty nets that were missed. There was a couple um, really good good looks in tight. Um, so I think that was a good start, and hopefully we continue to build on that. Hopefully he continues to kind of 
to show what he can do. And, um, you know, it's a long year. It's 82 games. It's tough to be the best player on the ice every night. I don't think anyone possibly can. And, you know what, the stars in this room do a good job at kind of carrying the team every given year. So, um, you know what, the, it's on the bottom six to kind of chip in when you can. And then um, I'm sure kind of Kuzi, Nikki, those guys, I mean, they're pretty consistent. They'll, they'll start to they'll take care of their Capitals' entire offense looking to break through tonight. Just six goals scored in their last three games for the Capitals and none at five-on-five in the last two games. In fact, you got to go back more than 125 minutes last time the Capitals scored a goal at five-on-five. And you look up and down the lineup, you've got guys looking to snap out of personal scoring droughts. Andre Burakovsky, who we'll hear from later in the show, by the way, no goals in his last eight games. Jacob Verana, no goals in his last 15. TJ Oshie, one goal in his last 22 games. And we referenced Evgeny Kuznetsov, just the one goal in his last 12 with a minus six rating to go over that 12-game stretch. Head coach Barry Trotz looking to get Kuznetsov to break through, potentially, as early as tonight against Florida. Well, I, I think when, when Kuzi is is really skating and he's he's got the, a real high battle uh, mentality that he's going to be productive and he's going to be the best player on the ice. Um, I, I think he is almost every every time he has that attitude. Uh, when he's just going and, and playing, sometimes I, I, I think he's less productive. But when he's got a, I don't say a chip on his shoulder, he's got something to prove. Uh, either against a, an opposition player or a team or or maybe I haven't been using him as much as he'd like and he's going to get my attention. Uh, he gets a little chip on his shoulder. He doesn't say anything. He just, you can see it in his play. And when he does, I, I mean, he he literally can take games over. And I, if he could do it every night, I'd love that. I'd be just, I hope if he, he wants to prove me wrong every night, I I hope he does. Right, maybe that's starting as early as this evening against the Florida Panthers. Again, the Capitals line up tonight. That top line, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson. A second line tonight of Burakovsky, Backstrom, and Oshie. Third line of Chandler Stevenson, Lars Eller, and Brett Connolly. As Brett Connolly enters play tonight, 12 goals on the season, third most on the team. And Connolly now with those 12 tallies, just three shy of matching his career high which he set just a year ago in the Capitals' fourth line tonight. Jacob Verana, Jay Beagle, and Alex Chason. So you add all that up, that means Devontae Smith-Pelly is your extra. He'll get the early start to the All-Star break tonight as he sits as a healthy scratch. The defensive pairs remain the same. Orlov and Niskanen, Christian Juice with John Carlson, and Brooks Orpik skating alongside Madison Bowie as he remains in search of his first career. NHL goal. Your goaltending matchup tonight, Braden Holtby for the Capitals and Hari Sateri getting the start for the Florida Panthers. Hari Sateri. You might be like, who? Who's that? Yeah, not, not, not necessarily the household name. Panthers are down to their third string goaltender. He'll be making just his second career NHL start tonight, Hari Sateri. Roberto Luongo, he's out since December 4th with a leg injury. James Reimer suffering a groin injury Tuesday night in a 6-1 loss to the Dallas Stars. So you add it up, Florida Panthers are down to number three on the depth chart. And we'll see if that's potentially something the Capitals could take advantage of tonight. Florida entering play this evening, 14th place in the Eastern Conference. 
They sit 11 points out of a wild card position. They've lost six of their last eight games overall. So the Panthers are struggling entering play tonight. And a little bit of a different look to their lineup this evening. Head coach Bob Bugner looking to get the offense going in Florida. They've been struggling to find the back of the net with some consistency. And as a result, they've broken up one of the best one-two punches in the NHL this season. Alexander Barkov, the all-star, and his running mate, Jonathan Huberdeau. They've been line mates all year long. Tonight, the first time they'll be broken up and playing on separate trios. So Bob Bob Bugner and the Florida Panthers trying to spread out the wealth a little bit in their lineup. We'll get a little bit more on the Florida Panthers coming up in hour number two of the show. We'll be chatting with their radio play-by-play voice, Doug Plagans coming up in the second hour of the show. And we remind you as well, coming up a little bit later on in hour number one, Chris Bork of the Hershey Bears on representing Team USA at the Olympic Games next month in South Korea. Look forward to chatting with Chris Bork in about 15 minutes' time. But when we come back, we're going to hear more from the head coach, Barry Trotz, his pregame meeting with the media earlier today in Florida. As we get you set for the Capitals and the Panthers, this is Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. All right, welcome back inside the D.C. studios. Typically, we come back from break. Usually, we like to play a highlight out of the commercial. Computer froze on us. And I just told producer Jake Hartsfield during the commercial break, I said, we're ready to go. We have it here. And then the computer froze. What you would have heard was the Philadelphia Flyers game-winning goal on Sunday afternoon at Capital One Arena as Travis Konechny scored just 27 seconds into overtime, sealing the Philadelphia Flyers 2-1 win over the Capitals and sending the Caps to their third straight defeat as they are 0-1-2 over that three-game stretch, dropping three in a row since the bye week in the Capitals uh, in Florida tonight, looking to get the offense back on track. Again, referenced it last segment, just six goals over the three-game stretch for the Capitals. They haven't scored a five-on-five goal in more than two games. You have to go back to last Thursday, a week ago tonight, if you prefer, when they fell 4-3 in overtime against the New Jersey Devils. The last time the Capitals scored a goal at five-on-five. We'll see if they can get back on track tonight against the Panthers. Worth noting, Devontae Smith-Pelly, Coming out as a healthy scratch tonight as the Capitals get set to face Florida Panthers third string goalie Hari Satari and the Capitals lineup in the goaltending matchup tonight among the talking points earlier today at the BB&T Center as Capitals head coach Barry Trotz met with the media following the Caps morning skate. Moving pieces and Beagle and our line this morning, do you kind of know how you want to come out with those tonight? Yeah, or? no, I do. Um, yeah, we just were... Uh, moving people in and out, uh, like I say, I like our I, I like our forwards and just trying to we're trying to get a little more scoring five on five. Last uh, couple of games we've gone dry there, so I think on the road we change things up. It gives us the opportunity to match up better if we want. So we're gonna we're gonna start that way in a way. It's like I always have a plan A and plan B for, for every every game. I'm guessing you won't share how no. you want to look. No, yeah, you'll have to watch the game. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> okay. Um, Braden going to the All-Star game this weekend. Just wanted, does anything stand out to you about him this year? Obviously, he does it year over year, but is there anything particular? Um, no, he's just, it, it, I think being, you know, playing at a high level, uh, 
consistently for you know over over time that that sort of uh, announces greatness and uh, he's been he's been great uh, you know uh, four years and and the, so far and you know he's building a pretty good resume and um, you know and, and I think our goaltending has been uh, a big big part of our success there's no question with him and Groovy both so um, I think they they challenge each other I think our goaltending coaches uh, Mitch Korn originally and Scott Murray do a good job with them and and uh, uh, you know they, they they make timely saves that's real important for us you talked about maybe this year being different in terms of giving up a, maybe some more chances and him maybe having to get in the space of being critical in some ways to himself maybe not in others because the games are a bit different have you yeah seen that yeah I mean it, we have a lot of a lot of new pieces there so yeah. it, it wasn't going to be uh, as tight as uh, it had been in the past in terms of some of the more veteran uh, defense back there so um, you know, he, he's he's goalies are, are racers, and I think they have the mindset of you know we know our team's not going to be perfect in front of us, and when we, when they do make a mistake, uh, I can correct those, and uh, I, I think they've done a really good job of of doing that and allowing us to um, you know you know not pay for all our mistakes, and well when they do that, it gives you a sense of confidence. I mean, if you don't have confidence in your goalies. It's a tough way to play because you're you're playing on your heels. You're not as assertive in some areas, and and uh, when you're playing on your heels in this game, uh, you're probably not going to win too many games. You just mentioned confidence in goaltenders, and when you, when you're facing a a goaltender who hasn't had much uh, action of late, how important is it to get high quality scoring chances on him early so that you're not feeding his confidence with a bunch of easy shots well it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty important I, I don't think we overshoot so I don't think that'll be a problem um, you know we uh, we're a team that that looks for those 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 high high quality chances uh, but we still got to shoot the puck a little bit more and uh, uh, yeah as you say just letting him feel the puck for the sake of feeling the puck he's not gonna make too many mistakes unless you yeah yep the 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 ante in terms of the quality of shots uh, I can tell you this that they're gonna the, the, you know the, the Panthers are gonna really dig in and they're in front of them and they're gonna be in in that sort of the, you know they're gonna block shots they're gonna pay the price they're gonna do all those things so uh, we're gonna have to work for our opportunities they're not, the Panthers aren't gonna give us anything you got to go work for them and and create them and and uh, fight for your inches and you got to win your races you got to you know break them down one-on-one -on -one and and create the two-on-ones and get to their net and and all those things and if you're if you're not willing to do that then you're not going to you're not going to have a whole lot happening so can you go to school on some of the earlier games you've had this year that have been similar to that? I'm thinking like uh, Brussois, the Edmonton game at home, and the Wedgwood game. Yeah, we, we, we probably can. We've seen a, a, a few backups that have, uh, have won games against us and played very well. And um, yeah, we, we, you know, Scotty's doing a really good job of, of uh, reminding players of that. I'm going to remind them. Uh, but. It's easier to, to you got to get it done. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll we'll try to have a, a plan to try to uh, create some things. But when it all all uh, when the pucks drop, you're going to have the, the Panthers team that's going to dig in, and we have to dig in on our side. We've gotten points in the last couple, but we haven't won any games in the last uh, little while. And they just have to look at the standings. They you know you could we could come back on the other side of the of the break here, and you're going to have a whole bunch of teams staring in your face. So we we just start winning games again. Barkov is able to do. What's it like game planning against him and kind of preparing for that? Well, he's he's he's. I mean, he's a, he's a total package. I mean, he's he's big. He's strong. He's got an extremely high um, 
hockey IQ uh, and his skill levels off the charts with the strength that he has. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a game changer. He's a, he's a tough matchup, and uh, you know, especially uh, you know at home and you get you get your matchups. He he he's a he's a beast. Does anything stand out to you about him on the, the defensive side? Um, no, not really. We, we haven't seen the Panthers a, a lot, but I think for a, a young player that you know we've played them the last couple of years, that he's got good awareness. Of, of, of uh, I think he's played with men for a number of years now. Uh, he's uh, they played a really good system, uh, you know, when he came in with Gerard here, and and uh, so I think his defensive awareness is is uh, is pretty good. Um, I, I think just like any good offensive player, you know, they're 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 not they're no uh, you know Bergeron or anything like that. There's only one or two of those guys in the league, but but he's he's pretty responsible. He's 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 good in all areas of the game for me. Uh, that's probably a better a better question for for Bob than it is for me. But from an outsider watching him, I think he's a he's a he's one of the top centermen in the league. Speaking of Bob, what was it like having a guy that that played for you? As as one of your peers, <laughs> uh, it's great. I think uh, anybody who's who's played and and, uh, and Bob's been a, a guy who who I say grinded his way into a real good career. Uh, you know, he was a uh, a guy that found his way onto the, the Sabers, and uh, he plays a tough. He played a tough style. Uh, he came over to Nashville and uh, did that. The same thing. He provided leadership. He was on my top pairing uh, uh, year one with. Uh, Joel Bouchard and him were the shutdown pair. Uh, not probably names that you you consider shutdown guys, but they did a really good job for us. I mean, it they really did. And uh, expansion was a little different then than it is now. And he got an opportunity. He was one of our leaders. Uh, he showed up every game, and uh, I, I think it's it's great that you have former players uh, coaching, and we have a lot of them now. I've been in the league a long time, so. Uh, a lot of those guys, I'm, you know, you get calls in the summer sometimes. I haven't talked to, to Bob, but a lot of the guys in, who've got into this business uh, yeah, as players uh, for me will call in the summer and ask some questions, and you try to give them some advice, and good or bad. And there they are, some of the pregame thoughts. Capitals head coach Barry Trotz, and yes, Mike Vogel ending it off there by referencing the fact that Florida Panthers head coach Bob Bugner a member of Barry Trotz's original, the expansion, Nashville Predators, back in the late 1990s. So it all comes full circle right there, but uh, good stuff from head coach Barry Trotz. Also heard him discussing the play of Alexander Barkov with the Florida Panthers, uh, representing the Panthers at the NHL All-Star Game this weekend in Tampa Bay. 15 goals, 43 points in 45 games this season for Barkov and Plays a solid two-way game as well. Leads the NHL, does Alexander Barkov, with five shorthanded goals on the season. The Panthers as a team, nine shorthanded goals on the season. That is tops in the NHL this season. So we have the Capitals and the Panthers coming up again. Note the start time tonight, 7.30 Eastern Puck Drop at the BB&T Center. When we come back, we are going to chat with Chris Bork of the Hershey Bears, set to represent Team USA at the Olympics next month in South Korea. Look forward to chatting with Chris Bork as he also approaches 700 career games in the American Hockey League. We'll do that when this game day edition of Caps Talk continues in a moment. Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app.
Your afternoon commute just got a whole lot better. This is Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. Talking Capitals with you while you drop your gloves in traffic. Uh-oh. On the right wing side, Bears can win it here. To Chris Bohr, looking for a comeback victory. Bork on the right wing. On the right side, punched out with authority. It comes down to Langlois. Pass again, 15 on the power play. To Chris Bork, interchanges with Nash. Slows with it, now winds and fires. He scores! Chris Bork wins it in overtime. Four to three final. And how sweet is that? All right, welcome back inside the D.C. studios. Ben Raby back with you. Game day edition of Capstock. Continuing to get you set for the Capitals and the Florida Panthers tonight. And heard the highlight right there. Coming back from break from Zach Fish. That among the highlights this season for the Hershey Bears. The play of their leading scorer, Chris Bork. The overall leading scorer in the AHL this season. Getting set to play in his 700th career AHL game shortly. And... He'll represent the Hershey Bears at the AHL All-Star Game next Monday night. A three-time Calder Cup champion. And the resume continuing to grow as Chris Bork also set to become a U.S. Olympian next month. He'll be representing Team USA at the Winter Games in South Korea. And Chris Bork joining us on the line right now. Chris, a belated congratulations on the selection. How are you? Good, thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. Take me back, Chris, to I guess last spring a little bit, the, the time frame for your selection here. Last April, uh, the announcement comes out right from the NHL that they're not going to be participating in the Winter Games. And I wonder at what point, whether it was in the off season or this fall, uh, the light bulb went on and the phone calls were made a little bit and you realized you were a potential candidate to, to represent the U.S. at the Olympics. Yeah, um, obviously last year when there were rumblings of uh, the NHL players not being able to go or not going to the Olympics, um, there was a little bit of chatter. Um, my agent had contacted me and let me know that a couple of people from USA Hockey had talked to him and let him know that, you know, if that were the case, then I'd be in the mix. And uh, luckily enough, I was, you know, a free agent this summer and um, I set myself up to uh, – sign an AHL only deal to, to set myself up to if there was a chance that that would happen to uh, to l- allow myself to go to the Olympics and um, kind of worked itself out and uh, here we are today. What was the fall like the start of the season uh, I guess a little bit of a, an audition period for you if you will try now you know I'm sure folks at uh, USA Hockey were in touch with you but what was the the season like the first half of the season if you will with with that being in the back of your mind I'm sure. Yeah, um, obviously it was on the back of my mind. Um, I had a lot of contact with them uh, throughout, you know, the fall and over the summer. And, um, you know, you're not only playing for um, your team down in Hershey here, but uh, like you said, an audition to uh, potentially make the Olympic team. So it's obviously a little extra bonus there to uh, make sure you're playing good and um, make sure you you have those, uh, you know, the good nights there early in the season. Um, I thought I had a pretty good start, so everything else kind of, kind of worked itself out so pretty happy is it a letter a phone call a text message how were you notified um i was actually notified uh in december by uh by jim johansson uh, who recently obviously mm-hmm. passed away um unfortunately um you know it was 
probably top five phone calls that I've that I've had in my life. So, um, you know, to, spare, to to share that special moment there with Jim, um, you know, for myself and my family, it was it was a special special phone call. So it's something that I'm definitely going to remember for the rest of my life. Reference Jim Johansson. Uh, I figure at this point, you guys, the team, have not come together collectively just yet all of you who will be heading overseas i imagine that still comes in a little bit before you all meet for the first time but uh can you talk about jim johansson a a little bit and uh, i know you've represented the u.s before at other competitions world junior championships and i'm sure everyone uh, on that u.s roster has a jim johansson story or two but i imagine that'll be uh, quite a bit of motivation as if you don't have motivation enough in the olympics i'm sure that'll be uh, in the back of everyone's mind as well yeah, of course. Um, you know, for me personally, um, when I think of, of USA hockey, the first person, first name that comes to mind is Jim Johansson. Um, you see him everywhere there is USA hockey, whether it's the festivals or uh, World Juniors or, you know, tournaments they have in the summer. It's always Jim Johansson. He always has his, his hand there in the mix. And, um, you know, he's such a special person. Like you said, everyone has, has their own special Jim Johansson story. And, um, to lose him suddenly um, you know he was the GM of our team and um, he's the one that that called everyone to let them know that they were on, on the Olympic team so um, like you said not that we needed any more extra motivation to uh, to compete there at the Olympics there and, and try and win gold but um, definitely to play for for uh, JJ there um, definitely adds some some extra motivation um, for our team when will you be meeting? I mentioned a minute ago, I'm assuming you have not met fully as a team. What what are the plans for that, and what do you anticipate that being like? It's like this for most countries, I imagine, but all coming together and, and having to create that team identity in, in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, no, we haven't officially met as a team. A lot of the guys played in uh, that Deutschland Cup there in November. Um, I'd say probably 75% of the team was there. Um college kids and the uh obviously the american league guys weren't weren't allowed to go over there um but a lot of the guys have met and i mean i've played with you know probably 75 percent of the team so i know most of the guys playing with or against um but i'm leaving on uh, february 7th so two weeks from yesterday um we meet over there we walk in the opening ceremonies together on the ninth and have our first practice on the ninth and then our first game is on uh, the 14th against Slovenia, so uh, it's going to happen pretty quick here, and I'm um, obviously pretty excited to get it going. What are you most looking forward to? Um, it's, to be honest, everything, the whole experience. Um, like I said, we're going to be in the, the opening ceremonies. I, I could imagine that's going to be pretty eye-opening when when you walk into the stadium there with, obviously, your, your country's colors. It's... Um, I'm sure that's going to be a very special moment. And then um, obviously competing for a gold medal is something that you dream of as a kid. So to have the opportunity to to compete for a gold medal with, uh, you know, the team is, is going to be probably up at the top of the list. And I saw a colleague here, Alex Pruitt with Sports Illustrated, uh, was working with you and your dad last month. But uh, it's kind of funny, and, and it must be a great experience for you to sort of uh, return the favor, if you will. Back in the day, 20 years ago, he's at the Winter Games in Japan, and you're tagging along as a kid, and, and now Pops is going to be there rooting for you. That's got to be a really neat experience. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, in Japan there, I was obviously rooting for Canada. I didn't have much of an option. Um 
was wearing <laughs> the red and white, but uh, I got uh, my dad outfitted in some USA gear. So it's uh, like you said, the tables have turned, and um, you know it's going to be yeah, it's a unique uh, story, unique situation. So it's uh, it's going to be fun, fun experience for the whole family, and uh, definitely something we're going to uh, enjoy and talk about, you know, for the rest of our lives. Final thing on the Olympics, any advice uh, your dad has given you regarding the experience or anything you remember seeing him go through back uh, 20 years ago when he went through it for the first time? Yeah, um, I actually told this to Alex um, when we spoke last month. You know, he 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 had some advice that he got before he went to uh, the Olympics about, you know, it doesn't matter if what medal you win, you just want to come back with a medal if you get the opportunity to play in any medal game, you know, make sure whether it's bronze, silver, or, uh, or gold, it's, it's definitely something that if you let slip through your fingers, something that you'll regret. And I know that's something that he does regret. Um, he played, uh, in the bronze medal game and, uh, I'm not sure Canada had their best showing that game and they played against Finland and, and Finland, you know, played like they didn't want to lose that bronze medal. So I'm sure that's something that he regrets not coming back, uh, with a medal from, uh, the Olympics. We'll see if you could uh, add one to the family collection or guess, uh, get the first Olympic medal for the family starting in a couple of weeks. You reference Feb 14, taking on Slovenia in the first game. Uh, Chris, uh, if I could just ask you a little bit about uh, the Bears this season and, and how it's been going. Uh, first off, this past weekend, uh, a whole lot of pomp and circumstance and uh, a fun experience being part of the outdoor game, I'm sure, at Hershey Park Stadium. Not the result you guys would have wanted against Lehigh Valley, but how did that experience go? I believe third outdoor game for you maybe, but uh, I'm sure it doesn't get old. No, it was a great experience. Um, you know, first outdoor game that I've played at uh, at home. So it was uh great experience. It was a great crowd. Um, like you said, obviously not the result we wanted there losing, but, um, you know, a great experience overall. Um, but, you know, it's been kind of obviously an up and down season for us. Um, just kind of can't string, string wins together, but overall I feel like the team's playing, playing pretty good hockey, but, you know, we just can't seem to find the back of the net as consistently as we want to. I was going to say it's inevitable uh, in the American Hockey League with so much player turnover, but uh, you lose four key cogs uh, from last year's team alone that are up with the Capitals right now in Madison and, and Christian Juice and Verana and Chandler Stevenson as well. You've been keeping tabs uh, a little bit. I know you have your own business in Hershey, but keeping tabs on uh, those guys and how they're doing up here with the big club? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, that whole roster of the Caps are, are sprinkled with guys that I've played with throughout my career, so... Um, any chance I get to see a Washington Capitol game, I definitely, you know, watch. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of close friends. I won a lot of championship, or you know, a couple cha- championships with a lot of those guys. So um, definitely, whenever I get get a chance to to check those guys out, I definitely do. And it's great to see the success that all those guys are having up there. They uh, they're playing playing great, and it's uh, definitely fun to watch. All right, final thing I want to ask you, Chris. It's a it's a little random, not related to any of this, but. Uh, I'm wondering, you're part of the, the 2004 draft class with the Capitals and, and Alex Ovechkin, of course, the headliner of that entire 
2004 draft. Uh, do you recall either your first training camp with the Capitals or, uh, you know, a, a fall invite being up with the Capitals and, and any early memories of, of a rookie Alex Ovechkin or, or a first impression of a guy who I guess you would have seen at the World Juniors as well back then, but uh, an early impression of uh, Alex Ovechkin. And I asked the question in the context of he's approaching uh, already later this season uh, 1,000 career games in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it was yesterday. Um, like you said, I played against him in World Junior, so even before we were drafted by the, the Caps together. Um, but uh, the thing I most, you know, remember about Alex is he has the same same attitude today that he does back then. He was such a happy-go-lucky guy and brought so much energy to, to wherever he was, even off the ice. He has so much energy, and then on the ice, obviously, his game speaks for itself. It, um hasn't changed much he still looks like that young kid out there that's having so much fun and um you know it was it was i came into a, a great great situation there with a great group of guys that got drafted with you know myself ovechkin mike or uh, mike green and jeff schultz so it was uh definitely uh great memories and um you know it's been fun watching those guys career as well as uh being a part of it we appreciate this. Chris Bork with the Hershey Bears and set to represent the U.S. at the Olympics. Congratulations again, and we'll be watching starting February 14th, first game. So appreciate this, Chris. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, there he is, Chris Bork with the Hershey Bears and, again, U.S. Olympian as he will be uh, on Team USA starting, as he mentioned, Feb 14 against Slovenia in South Korea. Awesome stuff right there. And also the All-Star, the AHL All-Star, Chris Bork, and the AHL All-Star game airing Monday night on the NHL Network. All right, we will take a timeout. When we come back, going to bring our attention back to the Capitals. Andre Burakovsky, Tom Wilson, we will hear from them. Also coming up, P.K. Subban making an appearance on The Daily Show on Comedy Central with Trevor Noah. Great stuff from one of the faces of the National Hockey League in P.K. Subban. Also in hour number two, Doug Plagans, play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers as we get set for the Caps and Panthers on this game day edition of Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. Sports talk show in Washington, completely dedicated to hockey. You're welcome. What the This is Caps Talk. Caps Radio 24-7, baby. All capitals, all the time. Call the show at 1-855-GO-CAPS-5 right now or reach us on Twitter at Capitals Radio. All right, welcome back inside the D.C. studios. Hour number one rolling along on this game day edition of Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. And the Caps mobile app getting you set for the Capitals and the Florida Panthers. As we remind you, puck drop tonight just past 7.30 Eastern, the official start of Caps pregame at 7.15 with John Walton, Ken Sabrin, and myself, Ben Raby. And that will be on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. and right here as well on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. And our thanks last segment, Chris Bork of the Hershey Bears. Again, best of luck to him and the entire U.S. men's hockey Olympic team as they get set to begin play Feb 14 in South Korea. All right, the NHL All-Star Game coming up this weekend in Tampa Bay. Your four captains for the All-Star Game. Steven Stamkos from the Atlantic Division. Alex Ovechkin, the Metropolitan Division captain. 
Connor McDavid captaining the Pacific Division. And for the second consecutive season, Nashville Predators defenseman P.K. Subban will sport the C for the Central Division. No doubt one of the faces of the NHL, one of the bigger personalities in the game. He has a loud game on the ice. A very easy watch is P.K. Subban, one of the more entertaining players on the ice and also very interesting story off the ice and some of the off-ice charity work that he does behind the scenes. And with all that being said, uh, one of the marquee figures in the National Hockey League these days and with the Nashville Predators in New York this week, P.K. Subban made a pit stop representing the league at the studios from Comedy Central, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, a terrific 10-minute uh, segment on TV last night. And here's a portion of it. Trevor Noah of The Daily Show interviewing P.K. Subban. Please welcome P.K. Subban. Welcome to the show. Oh, man, New York. This Back is so York. good, man. So good to have you. Like, you know, like, like sports stars always have, like, such a crazy schedule. It's so hard to get you on the show. Thank you for being here. You're a superstar. And congratulations, selected for the All-Star Game Thank again you. this weekend in Tampa. Are you excited? I'm extremely excited uh, to be captain two years in a row. I'm just very happy to be able to represent the city of Nashville again. And, uh... I'm just, uh, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to be an all-star again. You you have such a wild story. I mean, I know, I didn't know much about your story before, you know, you were coming on the show. I knew about you as a player, but your story is one that really excites me. You got into hockey uh, in Canada, in Montreal, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> someone likes hockey or Canada or both. Um, <laughs> but what was really amazing to me is that your dad gets you into the game and you come from a Jamaican family. And for me, like, Jamaica and ice hockey. No, they don't. They don't mix. No, no. Like, how? Why would your dad go like hockey? You know what? It's it's a good question because you know my dad moved from Jamaica when he was 12 years old, and um, that's where he grew up. So he's 12, moved to Sudbury, Ontario, where he learned about the Sudbury Wolves, and he grew up in a French neighborhood. That's why me going to the Montreal Canadiens was right. such a big thing right. in my family because my dad grew up in a, a French neighborhood and. Uh, that's where he learned about hockey for the first time, and uh, that was the first time he saw snow, you know, 12 years old. So um, growing up in, in Sudbury, uh, you know, watching the Montreal Canadiens, everybody was French, so he saw the kids playing in the neighborhood, and that's when he started to watch hockey and used to watch the Sudbury Wolves play. Right, and you, you went on to play for the Montreal Canadiens, which is not a very creative name, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, it's very literal. Uh, <laughs> and, and you didn't just go on to play for them, man. They love you out there so much. I mean, you played for the team. You loved the team. Was that probably your biggest life ambition? Oh, man, just, you know, it was a dream as a kid. You know, you wanted to play in, at hockey, and it wasn't really until later on in my life where I knew it could be really a job. I just wanted to be like the guys on TV, right. you know, and uh, whether it was playing in the backyard and every... I got to give my... I have the best parents in the world, you know. My, my dad putting in backyard rinks, you know, every year, and, and I, I give him credit for that because my mom used to give him, you know, crap all the time because the hydro bills would be so high right, for all right, the water yeah. that he'd be using to make the backyard rinks, but he stuck to the plan, and both of my parents together did 
made so many sacrifices just to give me the opportunity to play hockey and never once did they ever mention the NHL you know for any of us right. all three of us um, it just so happened that they gave us the opportunity to play and we got better and then it became an opportunity to to make it a living and and we just chased our dreams and now you know myself and Malcolm are playing in the NHL and we're working on getting Jordan there hopefully soon that's amazing yourself and your brothers all playing the same sport all at a high level I think what touches me about your story is not just that you're successful it's that in many ways you mimic what your dad did for you and it was selfless you donated 10 million dollars to a children's hospital did you like add a zero by mistake I've done that because <laughs> I've done you can tell me You know, I get, I get that question a lot because it's one thing to donate and give back. It's another reason of, of to think and another way to look at it is why $10 million, you know? And I think it comes down to everybody has their own personal life experiences. Um, you, know, you know, I went to Haiti with World Vision a year after when I was, I would have been 19 years old, 20 years old at the yeah. time. And I'm not from Haiti. I'm not Haitian, but I had an opportunity to go with World Vision at the time. And I went for three days and it was a life-changing experience for me, but that wasn't it. I came back and I got to know uh, a little boy named Alex Shapiro through my old uh, a minor hockey coach and still close friend and family friend Martin Ross and he coached him and um, got to know Alex very very closely and his parents and his family and uh, was actually in touch with him until liter literally his last moment moments before he passed away and um, you know for me that made me want to to give back um, in a different way and really have a significant impact and not just give back you know where everyone could say wow that's great but give back where I could actually make a difference right. and uh, when I was presented the opportunity to do something like this with the $10 million donation and to the hospital in Montreal, I, I didn't even think twice about it. Um, they came down the 401 to my house in Nobleton, Ontario, and they presented it to me, and um, I signed the papers right there, and it was the perfect situation for me. And to this point, we've helped over probably 10,000 families and raised millions of dollars. So I'm very, very happy about that. That's a phenomenal story. You... You not only have love for Montreal, but you, you went through a trying time where you were unexpectedly traded from Montreal through to Nashville, to the Nashville Predators. And Montreal was your love. Montreal still is your heart. And you moved on to Nashville. And you always promised the people of Montreal that you would take the team to the Stanley Cup. And then after you were traded, you then took the Nashville Predators and you were part of the team that went to the Stanley Cup. Was that one of the most bittersweet moments you experienced as a human being? Uh, the bitter part about it is that we, we didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, well, so, but, you know, it was, it was a tremendous experience, and I, I have to speak about my teammates because, you know, I wouldn't have an opportunity to be in this position and, and to be an all-star uh, without them, and, and they've worked. I've never played with a greater group of guys than we have right now in that locker room, and um, I've never wanted to win so badly in my career because I think that everybody in that locker room deserves it, but they've, they've given me every opportunity to be successful, but we've given each other that opportunity, and I think that's why we ended up in the Cup Final 
final last year. But what sucked about it was, yeah, we didn't win, and I didn't get an opportunity. That's all I could think about right. was when we got to that conference and we won the Western Conference Finals. I'm like, man, I'm going to have a chance to bring the cup back to that hospital. Right, like, right, right. And those kids, and, you know, because I remember their faces and how upset they were when I was traded, and I'm like, man, I got an opportunity to bring that cup back. That's going to be awesome. And then we lost. And, you know, it sucked, but we have an opportunity to do it this year. So you, you, Yeah, you have... You have many opportunities, and it's not just in the field of sports. I think what's really, uh, I think, inspiring about your story is how you find opportunities to help others, because it's not just the kids in Montreal. Tell us a little bit about the program that you started in Nashville, where you get policemen to hang out and spend time with young, uh, previously disadvantaged or disadvantaged youths. You know what? And it's it's so important. One of my best friends is a cop and was actually just recently retired. Chris O'Sullivan was a cop in Boston. And, uh, you know, Chris has comes from a family of 12 brothers and sisters, used to play professional hockey, but has become one of my closest friends over the years. And we know how much there's been talk about in sports, especially with police officers, and, and players have chosen to deal with it differently. I think that I was faced with a lot of questions coming out of training camp, and you know, for me, I always look at everything and how can I make this a positive situation? Right. And um, I looked at it, and I remember us having a meeting as a team before the season started talking about, you know, how we were going to handle it. And I, you know, I, I remember being up front. I said, listen, guys, I want to attack this in a way that is positive for the team and for the community. And um, listen, also, my, my best friend had an influence on me as well. And, um, you know, I know what he's done for so many people and his friends have done. And um, I know that in the community of Nashville, I wasn't going to have the opportunity maybe to donate $10 million to him again, right. but maybe do something that was just impactful in, in a different way and starting this program has been uh, it's been amazing it's had the, the same impact that you know what my foundation has had in Montreal and in a little bit of a different way and the kids I mean I, I wish you could be there to see the look on the kids faces when it's their first time going to a hockey game their first time pretty much doing anything that really they can think of in a positive way and to have to have police officers there to, to do it with them it's, it's right. just been great so so you have these kids who meet up with a police officer, they come to the game, you get them tickets, you, you buy them dinner, they hang out together. I, I, I would like to understand why you thought that that would be something you'd want to do. Everyone tackles it in a different way, but why that? Why the kids with the police officers? Well, first of all, I think that I have, like I said, friends that work in law enforcement, and I think that we need to celebrate the good that they do as well, and I think that the children, for these kids that are underprivileged that don't get an opportunity to go to a game, you know, why not? I know that I have the opportunity to purchase four tickets right. to a home game 41 times. Um, who sits in those seats, that's up to me. And I chose to have two underprivileged children that don't have the opportunity and two police officers that have the opportunity now to mingle with underprivileged kids who maybe have only ever seen cops right, in a right, bad right. light. But now they're at a Preds game, which they've never been to. They get to eat some great food, right, in the Patron Lounge. That's a shout-out to Patron. They don't sponsor me, but I know that's where they get the food. <laughs> They get, they get some great dinner, and they get to meet the players after the game, and they get to meet me. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but <laughs> they get to meet me, and, and it's celebratory. And I think the biggest thing that I've taken from this program so far was an email that I got from one of the officers who took it upon himself to stay in touch with the, the child after 
the game and right. said, I'm going to stay in touch with this kid. We're going to go to many more games because I got season tickets and right, so on and right, so right. forth. We have the email, and it was one of the best things. It was the best feeling that I've ever had since the program started because that's right. what it's all about. So it's all about building bridges, and I think that that's what this program has done. You're, in a, you're an amazing man, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks. Good luck for the next Stanley Cup. NHL All-Star Weekend is in Tampa, and the All-Star Game airs January 28th on NBC. All right, stick tap to P.K. Subban and Trevor Noah of The Daily Show. Great segment last night on The Daily Show on Comedy Central. And again, can't say enough about P.K. Subban, the player, the person, with a whole lot of family, in my case, up in Montreal. I know that uh, P.K. Subban had a huge impact uh, on folks up in Montreal, not only because of the hockey, but you heard it referenced in that interview, uh, the $10 million donation he made to the Children's Hospital up in Montreal. He continues his charitable efforts in Nashville and working with underprivileged kids. So uh, really is uh, admirable the work P.K. Subban does off the ice. And again, when it comes to his play on the ice, easily. One of the more entertaining players in the National Hockey League. A whole lot of personality and just the game itself as the puck-moving, offensive-minded defenseman that he is. A very easy watch is P.K. Subban and a key cog, of course, for the Central Division leading Nashville Predators. Look forward to seeing P.K. captain the Central Division in the All-Star Game this weekend in Tampa Bay. All right, we are going to take a timeout. When Caps Talk returns, we'll bring our attention back to the Capitals. We're going to hear from Andre Burakovsky, Tom Wilson as well. Doug Plagans, play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, set to join us in a little bit as well as this game day edition of Caps Talk continues in a moment. Caps Radio 24-7 in the Caps mobile app. Four to six Eastern on Washington's home for Caps Hockey. Caps Radio 24-7. Here's Ben Raby. All right, welcome back inside the D.C. studios. Hour number two of this game day edition of Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. And the Caps mobile app once again. Awesome stuff there. P.K. Subban with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show on Comedy Central. All right, as promised, we'll bring our attention back to tonight's matchup, Capitals and Florida Panthers. A number of Capitals looking to snap out of extended scoring droughts. Andre Burakovsky, no goals in his last eight. Jacob Verana, no goals in his last 15 games. Evgeny Kuznetsov, just one tally in his last 12. And TJ Oshie, one goal in his last 22. We'll see if they can get going tonight. Against the Florida Panthers, we reference Andre Burakovsky. He'll be back on the second line this evening alongside Nick Backstrom and the aforementioned T.J. Oshie. Now, that trio was put together ahead of Sunday's game against Philadelphia. And before the Capitals headed south to Florida, had a chance to catch up with Andre Burakovsky inside the Capitals' dressing room and began our chat by looking back at Sunday's game against the Flyers and how Burakovsky felt things went skating alongside Backstrom and Oshie. Uh, it's been good. I mean, I feel like I'm, I've been skating really good and creating a lot of chances and and um, putting myself in a good position on the ice all the time. Um, I don't think I'm swinging as much as I did maybe before or right after I get injured. Uh, uh, so I think it's been it's been good. 
team as a whole. It's, a, it's an unusual stretch with so few games in over a, a long period of time here. What are your thoughts heading into the Florida game? It's like the only game over a nine-day stretch here, wanting to go into the All-Star break with some momentum. Yeah, obviously um, it's kind of nice with some, some little bit of break before um, from all the games, but uh, um, I mean it's a long stretch we've been having and we're going to have a couple other days off and during the All-Star break here, so um, just our mindset is now to get get in this game, get the win, um, have a really really good and strong game, and, and take a little break and come back even stronger and fresh. You and some of the wingers, you might go up and down the lineup, you might play with different line mates, but very consistent on this team has been the centers, the center depth, Nick, Kuzi, Lars, and Jay. How important is that to, to have that consistency down the middle, very important position, and those four guys, like clockwork, they're always there. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, center is a tough job job to to have. I mean, you have so much responsibility, and and we have some of the best centers in the league uh, for sure in all in all four lines. So, uh, um, I mean, it's good to know what we what we're getting from from our centers every night, and and we know what they can do. So um, now it's it's awesome to have them for the game in Florida and the All Star break, Andre. Thank you. Thank you. All right, there they are, the thoughts from Andre Burakovsky. Caught up with him yesterday at Kettler before the team headed south to face the Panthers tonight. Continuing our rounds inside the Capitals dressing room, Tom Wilson also addressing the media, looking ahead to tonight's game against the Panthers. And again, battling through that odd schedule, just four games in 18 days for the Caps and looking to secure two points here against the Panthers before taking another break for the annual All-Star game. Yeah, um, you know, we kind of looked at this four-game um, week here um, with a lot of importance, and we don't we didn't have the success that, that we wanted. So um, schedule's been tough, but no excuses. we got to make sure that we're, we're taking games and we're taking points, and um, I think we got to be pretty desperate for the game tomorrow. It's got to look kind of a playoff mentality. We need to collect the points when we can, and going into another break, it's you definitely want start to start building a game, get on the right foot before the, the, the time off, and then kind of recover and, and get back into the crunch time. On the other side of this break, uh, it's where I guess the, the real hockey is. Break yeah. we just told us really begins. Are you kind of excited to kind of get in that stretch run against some really good opponents? Yeah, I think, I mean, every year, media day at the beginning of the year, you're like, it was tough end of the, to the season. Can we just fast forward to the meaningful hockey at the end of the year, you know? When you have that kind of bad taste in your mouth after the, the, the end of the, the prior season, and you look at an 82-game schedule, it's a lot of hockey before you get to kind of play that, that meaningful kind of crunch time, like I said. So um, that's the important hockey. That's the fun time of year, and you got to make sure that um, that kind of 30-game stint there to finish off, we got to be playing our best hockey. Um, it's going to be a tight finish for sure. I mean, teams in the Metro are, are winning a lot, and um, you know what? It's about building our game, being ready, and, and then you get another crack at uh, – the fun time of year and, and the time of year you're always kind of talking about. So for you, does, does crunch time officially begin on the other side of the All-Star break? You how many games go? Yeah, I mean, personally, and, and this team, our identities, I mean, every game's important. That's something that Trotsky kind of really brought to the, the table when he came here three years ago. So it's every game's important, but if you look at a, the groups of games, you kind of have the start of the year, then you have the kind of breaks in the middle, then you have... Um, the finish the last 30 games so um, you know what it's the playoffs start kind of I mean the last 30 games teams are, are need points to get in so they're playing playoff hockey and teams need points to stay ahead so um, the hockey really picks up uh, the dog days are kind of over the, the middle of the season and um, 
I think teams will be pretty focused and guys will be pretty focused going forward on, on, the, on the goal at the end of the year. Um, for all the turnover this team underwent in the offseason, the consistent aspect one of them has been the depth down the middle in terms of Nick and Kuzi and Lars and Jay. Yeah. How, how valuable is that when you know so many teams are striving for that center depth to, to have had that here the past year plus? Yeah, it's. I mean, you're pretty fortunate. Whatever line you're playing on, you're playing with a with a pretty solid centerman. So, as a winger, that's that's important. It's fun. It's it's a privilege. So, um, we're real strong down the middle. Um, I mean, Beegs is. I love playing with Beeks. I don't know if he could play a third line. He could probably play second line role. But you know what? He, we're so deep down the middle. Um, he does that. He does that fourth line center to a T. He's great on draws. He's great in the D zone and right up through the the four lines. Every center brings a lot to the table. So as a winger, it's 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 fun to to play with those guys and just try and, and compliment them any way you can. And, I think that's uh, nowadays in the NHL. That's what you build a team around. You build around your around your centers, and um, we're fortunate to have four pretty uh, pretty solid ones here. I was gonna say you probably have the most experience playing with yeah, with all, all four of them, eh? Yeah, <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? They, they each bring up, different but. stuff to the table, but I played with Beegs for the majority of three years, and then the last year, it's this this season. It's kind of been everyone, so. It's neat to me. It just seems like they're each kind of slotted in there. You mentioned Jay does the fourth line to a T. He could play yeah. different situations, but it's like yeah. all four of them are, are appropriately yeah, slotted almost. Yeah. It's like they come to work. They know where they're going. Yeah, I think you give you give Matt credit. Uh, you kind of have a vision for your team, and you build through center, and you have four center, like you said, that are pretty molded into their role, and they know their responsibility. And, um, you know, that's good. gets good consistency. You see the lines move around a lot, but... The middle is always consistent, which can help for sure. All right, there they were. Some of the thoughts from Tom Wilson inside the Capitals dressing room, looking ahead to tonight's game against the Florida Panthers and talking about just that, the center depth in Washington with those fixtures, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Eller, and Beagle. All right, we will take a timeout. When we come back, we will head to South Florida. We'll chat with my old college roommate, play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans. As this game day edition of Camp Stock continues in a moment, Camps Radio 24-7 in the Camps mobile app. Call us at 1-855-GO-CAMPS-5. We got a pretty good high-scoring offense. Um, I think we have the right coaching staff in place. Now it seems like everybody's firing on all cylinders. I, mean, I think they have a deeper team than they've ever had before. I'm thinking we're going to do real well. I'm expecting wonderful things for the Caps this year. This is Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. Three seconds left. Carlson with a try down low. And Oshie with a chance at the horn, and that'll do it. The Florida Panthers have come in with some authority behind James Reimer to win over the Caps tonight at Capital One Arena. The final score, 4-1. to one. All right, had to dig into the archives for that one. October 21st, the last time the Capitals and Florida Panthers got together. That was the first of three meetings this regular season. The team's hooking up again tonight down at the BB&T Center in Sunrise, Florida. Camps and Panthers coming up tonight. Puck drop just past 7.30. As we welcome you back inside the D.C. studios, Ben Ray be back with you. Game day edition of Camps Talk on Camps Radio 24-7. Capitals Radio Network goaltender matchup that night was Grubauer versus James Reimer. Two different goaltenders tonight. Braden Holpe 
in goal for the Capitals tonight. And we'll get to the Panthers situation in just a moment as we welcome in Panthers play-by-play voice on the radio side, Doug Plagans. How are you, Doug? Doing great, Ben. Thanks for having me. How are you? Doing well. Appreciate you coming on. All right, let me get the uh, pronunciation here straight first. Capitals tonight, they're going to see the Panthers' third-string goalie, Hari Sateri, yes? You got it. Hari Sateri is going to get the uh, start for the Panthers tonight, and he came in relief of uh, James Reimer at the 348 mark of the Panthers game in Dallas back on Tuesday, and this will be uh, NHL appearance number four for uh, Sateri. made his debut in a relief appearance back on January 2nd and uh, had his first start in the National Hockey League back on Saturday in Nashville. But uh, this is a guy, you know, not uh, not a 19, 20-year-old uh, rookie. This is a 28-year-old who's played uh, a lot of pro hockey, has some good experience under his belt. Uh, again, just his fourth uh, NHL appearance on tap for tonight. But uh, a guy who's, who's played a lot of pro hockey and uh, turned 28 uh, back in December. Gonna say what's 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 taken so long, or what's the backstory there? A guy who wasn't necessarily a highly projected prospect, I guess, looked him up, and turns out he was the first goalie taken after Braden Holpe in the 2008 draft. Of course, they've taken different paths to where they are today, but Holpe, the the tenth goalie overall taken in that 08 draft, and Satari eleventh among goalies in that 08 draft. He was selected by San Jose, but uh, to your point, Doug took uh, took ten years here until he got his first NHL start this past week. And spent some time in the San Jose organization. Uh, Ari Sateri spent the last few seasons over in the KHL and uh, and had some nice seasons over there. And uh, and again, uh, being a being a 28 year old guy, you see that calmness. You see a you know you see a composure in him um, as a as a guy who's that age who's uh, who's seen a lot of pro hockey. Um, you know he's he's able to uh, stay poised down there in the net. And uh, and you know even though he's uh, excited to be playing in the National Hockey League, uh, he's uh, he's a guy who certainly looks like a veteran, which he, which he is a guy who, as you said, it's been 10 years since he's been drafted. So, um, so this is a guy with, uh, with some experience under his belt. All right. Final thing on the goaltending there with the Panthers. So Luongo and Reimer, I believe each have three years remaining on their contracts. They certainly, they both have multiple years left. I know that it might, it might be three in each of their cases, but what I'm getting at Doug is, is Roberto Luongo is up there in age. James Reimer, North of 30 years old. Uh, is there anything in the in the pipeline as far as young goaltenders with the Panthers? They're young up front, a lot of high end talent. They got some young players, high end talent on the back end that are locked up long term. But when I look between the pipes, unless I'm missing something, what what exactly is there as far as the the next wave of goaltender, if you will? Well, for uh, you know, just to to start it off, I mean, before before Roberto Luongo went down with his injury, he was he was playing at a, an elite level. He was playing at the level that you, that you expect to see out of Roberto Luongo and and uh, James Reimer. Before uh, the game in Nashville on Saturday, had made 17 straight starts for the Panthers. This is a guy who's right in the prime of his. Uh, of his National Hockey League career, and uh, and a guy who can certainly shoulder a heavy load for uh, for a team. So uh, James Reimer was doing a, a fantastic job prior to the injury, and uh, again before Saturday had started 17 straight and had uh, had played in 19 straight games for the uh, for the Panthers. But uh, you know, there's uh, as far as the uh, the system goes, and as far as prospects are concerned, uh, a guy who's going to be backing up tonight, Samuel Montembeau. Um, he's a first-year professional, had some really nice seasons in the Quebec Major Junior League, and, and he's a guy who uh, could have a really nice uh, nice future and, uh, and a guy that uh, 
certainly has, has shown a lot at the junior level and shown a lot as he's continued to get more experience in the American Hockey League. So he's going to be uh, the guy backing up tonight. He got the uh, the call uh, yesterday, the call-up for the Panthers, his first NHL call-up. So he'll be the uh, the man uh, backing up this evening, but that's a guy who uh, certainly has uh, some some good potential as far as uh, as far as the Panthers' pipeline is concerned. All right, and when we reference the uh, the younger talent on the team, certainly up front, Alexander Barkov selected to the All-Star game for the first time in his NHL career. Uh, man, oh, man, a lot of high-end talent there. Certainly his five shorthanded goals leading the league this season. He's got the wheels. He impressed when the Panthers were here uh, back in October. And uh, him and Huberdo, arguably one of the, the top one-two punches in the NHL, but a little bit of a rarity tonight. Uh, Bob Bugner choosing to spread the wealth a little bit as far as the lineup configuration. Well, a couple things on that. Uh, you know, first of all, I mean, those two, along with along with Vincent Trocheck and Evgeny Dadnov, since he's been able to uh, you know get past the injury bug that he had uh, earlier in the season. I mean, those four have been as consistent as it gets in terms of uh, point production uh, for the Panthers. And uh, you mentioned Barkov and Huberdeau, the two of them uh, producing at nearly a point a game level, playing uh, the bulk of the season together, obviously. But it's kind of just a you know to improve the uh, depth scoring. That was kind of the, the train of thought on on uh, breaking those two up and and you know it's just uh you'll see Dadanoff still up there with uh with Barkov and uh, and Nick Bukestad looks like he's going to slot in on that line and uh Jonathan Huberto is going to play with Vincent Trocheck uh on that uh, on that line so uh you know this is a, a situation where those guys are they're going to get their uh they're going to get their points they're going to generate chances um you know it's just a, a a situation which the Panthers can kind of uh you know maybe maybe get a little different mix different look different matchup type thing and uh, and maybe uh increase some some depth across the board but you mentioned Barkov and and this is the you know the engine that that makes the Panthers go, and and he's you know he's a top ten player in the National Hockey League. I don't think there's any disputing that. He's just as good in the defensive zone as he is in the offensive zone. Um, he's he's you know winning over fifty four percent of his faceoffs this season. He leads the league in shorthanded goals on the year. I mean it's he's one of those guys. He's gotten to be one of those guys. Just his presence on the ice is such a difficult matchup for the, for the opposition that he's he's a game changer even when he's not touching the puck even when he's just just him being on the ice it's just uh, it changes the whole game so um, you know to be able to see his game grow the way it has and and you know he's still such a young player uh, and to be able to see him get the the all-star recognition he deserves his first all-star selection just great to see and and uh, he's a guy it you know it sounds cliche but the sky really is the limit for Alexander Barkov this is the uh, the franchise cornerstone big centerman that every team in the National Hockey League wants. I heard Barry Trotz's pregame comments today dropping Patrice Bergeron's name in the conversation. Anytime if you're a centerman and Patrice Bergeron's name comes up, good company to keep in the case of Alexander Barkov when it comes to comparisons. Doug, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the all-star break, and uh, we'll touch base down the line. Thank you. Thanks very much, Ben. All right, there he is, Doug Plagans, play-by-play voice with the Florida Panthers, joining us here, looking ahead to tonight's game between the Caps and the Florida Panthers. Didn't uh, didn't get into it with Doug, but uh, the Panthers, should reference, are looking to bounce back from the 6-1 blowout loss on uh, Tuesday night against the Dallas Stars, a fight-filled affair between two teams, uh, not your traditional rivals in Florida and Dallas, but things got a little out of hand the other night. The uh, the fisticuffs were, were uh, plentiful the other night for the Panthers in Dallas. And uh, Florida, maybe a little bit of a frustrated bunch right now. Again, they enter play tonight, having dropped six of their last eight games. The Panthers, 14th place in the Eastern Conference, 11 points 
out of a playoff position. All right, we will take a timeout when we come back. We're going to hear from head coach Barry Trotz again, his conversation earlier today, his weekly hit with the sports junkies on our flagship 106.7 The Fan Affiliate. We'll do that when Caps Talk continues in a moment. Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. is Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. Coming back along the near wing, connecting, now rushing to the net, and now with a chance at a slot, he scores, and it's over. Travis connecting with a game-winning goal for the Philadelphia Flyers. And the Caps will have to settle for a point on this Sunday afternoon. Your final score, Philadelphia 2 and Washington 1. All right, that was the last we saw the Capitals Sunday afternoon at Capital One Arena. Travis Konechny with the game-winning goal in three-on-three overtime, just 27 seconds into the extra session as the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Caps 2-1 the final. Capitals winless in three games since returning from the bye week. 0-1-2 over that three-game stretch as they now enter play this evening. Final night of NHL action before the All-Star break. Capitals entering play tonight. Five points clear of the Flyers and New Jersey Devils for top spot in the Metropolitan Division. As we welcome you back inside the D.C. studios, Ben Raby back with you. Our number two of this game day edition of Caps Talk. Our thanks last segment to Doug Plagans, play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, for joining us and offering perspective on the other side. And heard him touching on Alexander Barkov. Certainly looking forward to seeing him once again centering that top line for the Florida Panthers, one of the best two-way centermen, quickly emerging as one of the best two-way centermen in the game today. All right, for more on tonight's game, and a look back on the week that was and the unusual scheduling the Capitals are going through right now. Again, just four games over an 18-night stretch. Check in head coach Barry Trotz once again. His chat earlier this morning, his weekly hit with the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan. Now, when you were playing back in the WHL, there's no way that you looked into the future and saw NHL players getting a five-day or six-day break in the middle of an NHL season. Do you think it's good for the players to have that as far as you know continuity in the season? And I, I know you guys have hit your worst slump. You're tied for your worst slump of the season coming out of that break. What do you think of that mandatory break for the players? Well, I think it's it's good. I, I, the one thing that I, I think that should be mandatory uh, when you come out of the break uh, that you play uh, a, a team that's coming off the break as well. Um, um, I, I suggested that uh, two years ago because we had the, the storm and we lost two games uh, were canceled because of the snowstorm. Uh, I wrote to the league and said, hey, I know next year we're doing the mandatory break, probably not thinking about this. Um, but when you come out of the break, uh, I suggested that half, for instance, each division, half our division, uh, say us, Carolina, Philadelphia, and one of the New York teams coming out of the break, you take the break at the same time, you'd come out of the break at the same time, and we'd probably play like Carolina and Philly would play, say, the Islanders, and then you flip-flop. So the first two games coming back, you'd be playing teams that are basically having the same foothold in terms of where they are in their game after a five-day break. Um you got it, you got certain teams. I, I think only maybe half the league has done that uh, right now. And uh, I think a team like Vegas, who uh, had a, a swing uh, 
I guess out east, I guess. Uh, they were in Nashville, Tampa, and one other place. But they caught all three teams uh, coming off their break. Mm. Coach. Uh, and, and dominated them. Mm-hmm. Coach, the other day you uh, you switched up the line again, right? You'd gone, I don't know, 25 or 26 games or whatever with uh, yeah. Ovi and Backy on the same line. Um, I, I know you explained it to kind of the local media and stuff, but explain to our audience what went into that. Who were you trying to get going? Well, I was trying to get the, the, the both lines really going. I, I thought uh, where we've uh, dried up a little bit, uh, if you look at our last five games, really the only lines that have been scoring are the Eller and Beagle line. Uh, the Koozie and Backy line, the way they, they were, uh, were really getting no production uh, other than power play and not even getting a lot of chances as we, we dissect the chances uh, for and against all the time. They weren't even generating a lot. So uh, to me, that was just a little bit of a sign of, A, they're in a little, maybe a little bit of a funk or whatever, but uh, just trying to change it up a little bit, give them some, a little bit of freshness to their line. Uh, they play heavy minutes. They get all the, the big matchups. So uh, we change it up a little bit, uh, see if we could spark something. We haven't scored a five-on-five goal in two games. Right. And uh, that that's, you know, that's uncommon for us. So uh, we've had tremendous chances. You look at the, uh, the Philly game, I was actually uh, uh, much happier with the Philly game than it was the Montreal game. Yeah. Uh, we generated a lot of chances. The chances were two to one. Uh, I thought Elliot made some some fabulous saves probably three or four uh ten dollars uh, if we convert on those we we probably win the philadelphia game three three one or four one and, and we're not even having this discussion but we didn't we didn't convert on those didn't finish he made the save and and uh, uh we've gone a little bit dry on the five on five lately so th- that's the normal stuff that happens uh biorhythms of a NHL season where your, your power plays hot or it's cold or your penalty kill can't stop anything or they can stop everything. And sometimes five on five, you're scoring almost at will and other times you're dried up. So I think it's just a little bit of the biorhythms of a, of a national hockey league uh, season. Uh, so we just try to shake things up and how long they'll stay together. Uh, that's all, all dependent on how we do, I guess. Coach, I know you don't know the answer to this. I'm just a dumb fan. I might be one of the lowest IQ fans you have. <laughs> and I was watching that Philly game, and it seemed to me that you guys came out in the first period and were playing great. Like, Ovi had a ton of chances. He was doing some remarkable stuff, just never wasn't rewarded, at least in that first period, I felt like. Um, but then the second period was totally different. And I know this happens in every sport all the time. But that's got to be maddening to you, right? Like you go into the break, you guys are playing great, and then the second period just takes on a whole different character. Why does that happen? Well, I, I think that's sports. You guys are, are the best at watching sports and uh-huh. just dissecting the games and, and all that. I think it's, it's, it's sports. Uh, and, you know, I look at that second period. It started eight seconds in. We, we jump off the draw, lose the draw. We jump. We put a little bit of pressure. Uh, they actually fumble the play, uh, but retrieve the puck, and we we take a penalty. I think it was Tom. Tom took a penalty about uh, mm-hmm. five seconds into that period, and then uh, so we're starting on the uh, on the penalty kill, and then uh, uh, our defenseman. We had about four times we could have um, got the puck down the ice on the on the penalty kill. We don't, and now our defense are caught out there, and uh, they were caught out there for almost you know two two 
almost two minutes. And then all of a sudden a guy like John Carlson, who's playing a lot of minutes, he just had a two minute shift and we're throwing him out there, you know, 30 seconds later because the next group's coming on. Um, and, and it just, it just takes a lot of your execution out of your game because you start getting tired. Uh, the team has a little bit of momentum from a power play, and uh, you fail. You fail some executions, and now you're you're playing in your end, and the other team has a little push. So, um, I think in in sport, you'll see no matter uh, almost every sport, especially in our game, uh, you're going to have to. Uh, create some of those those uh, storms on the other team where you're you're pressing and you're getting chances and, uh, and other times you're going to have to weather the other team's storm uh, coming at you and and that sort of to me it was a, a lack of uh, of execution in some of our clears and a lot of execution in some of our breakouts and then it, it it led into them getting some momentum the back half of that second period I thought we sort of got it back a little bit and we're a little bit better and in the third period I thought we dominated so we're joined by Barry Trotz, head coach of the Washington Capitals on the Mattress Warehouse Hotline. I have a hard time believing this stat, Coach. The Capitals take a league low 28.7 shots per game. How is that possible with Alex Ovechkin on the team that you guys are league low in shots per game? Well, I, I think you look at the, uh, the our shooting percentage is a high, almost one of the highest in the league. Um, I, I think teams and, and just the average fan just looks at shots and what what the analytics com- community uh, and also our goaltending community and also our the hockey and coaching community is is learning is that goaltending is so good now that just taking uh, shots from the from the point uh, are are now always a little bit more low percentage. Uh, you look at the lowest scoring teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, teams like Montreal, uh, I would say maybe uh, Carolina, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm, I'm just guessing. They probably have the highest shot per, uh, shot totals, but they are the lo- one of the lowest scoring teams. And some of the highest scoring teams in the National Hockey League take the least shots because they're taking higher percentage shots. They're they're making lateral plays a little bit more, uh, and and those shots we have a we have a stat where we're scoring right now. Uh, in a certain area of the ice, uh, where we're scoring almost 30% every shot. So every three shots we take, we're scoring a goal in, in when we can get to that area. So we're taking it to the next level. Uh, I, I think the, the average fan or even some of the analytics people are, are behind in, in some areas of, of how uh, teams are scoring. Uh, as coaches and, and, and goal, goaltending coaches have, have really looked at the, the trends in the National Hockey League, the teams that are scoring at a high rate, um, and maybe not taking as many shots. Uh, a good example is the Penguins uh, uh, score at a very high rate. Uh, they, they've done it the last couple of years, the Rangers, those type of things. And there's certain trends that we're seeing when you see them score three or 400 goals. Um, you know, in, in two years, you're, you're looking at a lot of, of data and, and teams are, are now looking at that. So our shot attempt is actually um, up there with uh, probably in the middle of the league, but our shots on goal are, are right at the bottom pretty well. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about the schedule again. I know you just alluded to it when you talked about the bye week, but I didn't realize it was this spread out until I just looked at it. Okay, so you played on January 12th. You played at Carolina. You won that game 4-3. And then you had the bye week. Okay. Yeah, you had the bye weeks. You played the following Thursday, and then you play four games between January 18th and tomorrow. Okay, so that's pretty standard. Four yeah. four times in a week. Then you have the All Star break. 
So you're going to play four games in about a stretch of, because uh, your next game isn't until the 31st on Wednesday. So that's four games yeah. in like 19 days. Um, that's yeah, got to really, that's gotta be we weird. We got one game in nine days. Yeah, That's got to be strange. It, 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 well, if you look at it, uh, when we came back from the uh, that break, our five-day break, um, we weren't able to skate. Uh, we had a morning skate for you know, 25, 30 minutes in New, in New Jersey. We played New Jersey. We came home, and we played the Montreal Canadiens who were sitting here waiting for us. Right. Um, and then we had a short skate on Saturday, and we played a noon game. So we played three games in two and a half days after a break. Right. And 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 that's really and lost all three of them. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's and that's just what the schedule does to you sometimes. And uh, and now you now we get another three day break. We play Florida, and then we get a five day break. So it, it's it's and then we play Philadelphia. So it, it is uh, it is what it is. But at the same time, we got to find ways to to get points. And by the I, way, I, and when you guys played that game on January twelfth, you had won six of seven coming into the bye week. So it obviously affected you guys because you guys were hot. Yeah, there's no question. There's no question. I mean, in New Jersey, we lost in overtime. In Philly, we lost in overtime. So. We, we we we're getting points, but we didn't get the get the extra points. So uh, that, we just got to battle through that. We got to try to stay sharp. We got to get the Florida game and then come out of the out of the All Star break, and, and and we'll be in a we'll be in a battle. Uh, can you just look at the Metro Division? You got teams like Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. I think they're going to be there. Columbus. It's going to be a battle, and it's going to be a battle till uh, till uh, April seventh. Uh, who's going to be in? Yep. yep. No doubt. No doubt. All right, Coach. Well, um, have a good day. Get prepped for Florida tomorrow and uh, come away with those two points, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. All right. There he was, Head Coach Barry Trotz, his weekly hit with the Sports Junkies every Wednesday morning on our flagship 106.7 The Fan. All right. Capitals and Florida Panthers tonight again. One of 15 games in the NHL tonight. The final night of action before the league goes dark for the annual All-Star Weekend and the NHL All-Star Break. So 15 games, 30 teams in action. The only team that is off tonight gets an early start on their All-Star Break, the Los Angeles Kings. And among the highlights tonight, within the Metropolitan Division, we reference Capitals beginning play five points clear of Philadelphia and New Jersey. Top spot in the Metropolitan Division. Both those teams are in action. The Flyers are home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning, a league best, 33-12-3 on the year, 69 points, five clear of Boston for top spot in the Atlantic Division. So Tampa Bay visiting the Philadelphia Flyers. Flyers have won four in a row, eight of nine and 16 of their last 22 games overall. Elsewhere, New Jersey Devils looking to snap a three-game losing streak They've also lost 8 of 10 overall. They are home tonight to the Nashville Predators. Nashville beginning the evening, second place in the Central Division, two points behind the division-leading Winnipeg Jets. Elsewhere, Pittsburgh Penguins are home against the Minnesota Wild. Boston Bruins look to make it 18 straight games with at least one standings point. They are 13-0-4 in their last 17. They are on the road tonight visiting the Ottawa Senators. Bruins have won four straight overall. Senators have lost four in a row. Boston playing without Brad Marchand. He will begin serving a five-game suspension tonight for an elbow to the head of former cap forward Marcus Johansson as he continues to deal with the injury bug in his first season with the New Jersey Devils. Elsewhere tonight, 
Carolina Hurricanes visiting the Montreal Canadiens. An original six battle in Detroit where the Red Wings are playing host to the Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks in last place in the Central Division. They have lost four in a row as they look to uh, get things back on track tonight visiting the Detroit Red Wings. The Blackhawks, uh, we reference losers of four straight. They are six points back of a wild card spot in the Western Conference. Also tonight, St. Louis Blues taking on the Colorado Avalanche, the Avs' first game since they saw their 10-game winning streak come to an end earlier this week with a loss at the Bell Center in Montreal. Toronto Maple Leafs visiting the Dallas Stars. Battle of Alberta tonight in Edmonton as the Oilers take on the Calgary Flames. Flames have lost three in a row. All of them, though, beyond regulations. They continue to rack up the standings points. Calgary 7-0-3 in their last 10 games overall. Also tonight out west, Vancouver Canucks playing host to the Buffalo Sabres. Arizona Coyotes home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Islanders, after two days off in Las Vegas, visiting the Golden Knights this evening at T-Mobile Arena. Vegas, the best home record in the NHL this season, 19-2-2 on home ice are the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Vegas entering play tonight, top spot in the Pacific Division, Nine points clear of the San Jose Sharks. And if Vegas wins tonight, this would be awesome. I think I'm kind of pulling for this to happen. If Vegas wins tonight and the Tampa Bay Lightning lose, then the expansion Vegas Golden Knights will head into the All-Star break with the best overall record in the NHL. That is both ridiculous and awesome all at once. So we'll keep tabs on that tonight if Vegas can head into the break with the best overall record in the National Hockey League. Two other games tonight out west. Anaheim Ducks playing host to the Central Division leading Winnipeg Jets, winners of three straight. And the New York Rangers look to get back on track tonight as they visit the San Jose Sharks. Rangers have lost three in a row and six of their last nine games overall. As for the Capitals visiting the Florida Panthers tonight, puck drop at 7.30. The official start at Caps pregame with John Walton, Ken Sabrin, and myself at 7.15 on 106.7 The Fan and CapsRadio247.com and the Caps mobile app. Until then, we have an encore presentation coming up of this afternoon's edition of Caps Talk. You'll hear from Barry Trotz, Andre Burakovsky, Tom Wilson, my chat as well with Hershey Bear, Chris Bork, as he looks ahead to representing the U.S., the Winter Games next month in South Korea. Our thanks on the production side to Jake Hartsfield, and we remind you, Caps Talk will take a hiatus as well for the All-Star break. We'll be back with you next Wednesday afternoon at 4 Eastern on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. Ben Raby thanking you for joining us on Caps Talk. To Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24 7. Tune in every Monday through Friday at 4 Eastern to hear the players, coaches, media, and fans talk Caps, hockey, and always taking your phone calls at 1 855 Go Caps 5 on your all capitals, all the time station. Caps Radio 24 7.